song and I'll be there by your side. Hello and welcome back to Tevading Patiently, the appreciation podcast that highlights, dives deeper, and celebrates the work and accomplishments of our national treasure, Aaron Tevate. I'm your host, Elizabeth. And this week's episode will wrap up the Graceland series with season three. We made it. We are finally at the most emotional, raw season of the series. Season two left the viewers in limbo. Is Mike Warren really dead? Will Sid get away with yet another crime? And will Paige face consequences for her actions? As with seasons one and two the past two weeks, spoilers ahead. I hope by now, if you haven't watched Graceland, you've started your binge session. In an interview with the Today Show to promote season three, Aaron says, Are we going to see you throughout this season? I survived because I'm here right now. But but no, you know, the the, the season premieres tonight at 10 Mm -hmm. and people are going to have to watch and see what happens. I'm in in some capacity. I can't say exactly what, but they've done a really cool job how they've kind of framed it. And we kind of pick right up where we left off. So hopefully somebody's there with some paddles ready to give me some juice. Oh my God. And a hoopty. Now I was later to the game with Graceland. I binged it on Hulu and only had to wait the one minute and 30 seconds of ads to end before season three could start and I could find out whether or not Mikey Warren was alive or dead. And let me just say, I let out an audible, oh thank God, when Mike was shown for the first time alive in episode one. He was able to be resuscitated after being quote, dead, for all intensive purposes, for six minutes. And in an interview with Mike Simone, Aaron speaks about the position that his character Mike is in at the top of season three and what's led him to be in that position. Can you kind of tell me about your character in the show, how it's evolved, where it's going? You know, it's uh, my character in the show, it's really, he's, he's kind of thrust into this leadership position the second season and has to make a lot of decisions that compromise a lot of the people around him. And, I'm at a point where I have to pay for that now. So there's a big shift. I mean, in the course of about a year, this guy's gone through some major, major changes. In order to keep Mike protected, his death was published in the newspaper that an, quote, unnamed agent died in an L.A. hospital. And at this point, Sid Markham is on a mission to take down all of the Graceland agents. So they're all on edge. The relationship of the house are already so, so strained. I mean, Paige is on the outs with Briggs because he knows what she did to Mike. Charlie doesn't trust Briggs for anything. Johnny and Jake's are struggling about what they know about the Solano cartel that they're involved in and Johnny's relationship with Carlos Solano's daughter, Lucia, and Mikey. Mikey is coming back from the dead. So in another clip from the Mike Simone interview, Aaron discusses the relationships in the house at the start of season three or what's going to really catch our attention in the new season. The second season kind of put all the characters in the, sh- in the show out away from each other and away from this house. So the third season, I think everything is kind of coming back in, dealing with the relationships in this house. But also then we go on, you know, there's new undercover cases and there's a great thread that runs through the third season. And... Season three is the season of the show that seems to spark the biggest emotional response. The attachment to the characters is real. The events that happened to them, specifically Mike, are very real and emotional. Aaron's acting in season three, it, it is taken to a whole new level as he portrays a man struggling to find his purpose again with addiction and struggles through withdrawal. But I'm getting ahead of myself a little. 
When Mike is in the hospital, he spends a lot of his time journaling, and during the six minutes that he was dead, he went to another realm, and he's been drawing pictures of what he remembers. Red birds, a clock reading the time 1010, the number 47. Mike is convinced that all of this and what he saw in that realm means something and that he was sent back to figure out what that something is. Now remember, Mikey is in the hospital for two important reasons. One, Sid thinks he's dead, so he's remaining there so that his cover of being dead is intact. And two, his injuries were severe. Collapsed lungs, gunshot wound, lead poisoning. Mike was on an IV of medications including Oxy. Paul tries to warn Mikey to be aware of his use of the Oxy, but Mike swears it's just to take the edge off. Cue the foreshadowing. Anyway, one night Charlie comes to visit Mikey and they toast their soon-to-be victory. She says that Paige has a plan to finally get Sid. Well, Mikey, he knows Sid better than anyone, and this news prompts him to rip out his IV and demand to be taken to wherever this meeting is supposed to be taking place, because Paige, you endanger girl. Remember, Paige turned Mike over to Sid. She's the reason he's in this position, and yet here he is again, ready to jump into action and save her. Charlie takes Mike to the docks just as Sid is getting out and walking towards Paige. Mikey, like the badass that he is, gets out of his car and says to Sid, quote, thought you'd want to finish the job. Upon seeing Mike, Sid instantly gets back in his car and drives off. It's obvious that Paige's actions were her way of trying to make amends for what she did to Mike, yet instead of thanking him for stepping in and saving her, she pushes an already injured Mikey to the ground and screams at him to stop trying to save her. Wake up, Paige. Mike is always going to try to save you. As a viewer, I was so mad at this situation. Poor Mikey, he's been through enough. And here he is trying to do the right thing and he gets crapped on for it again by Paige. It's safe to say that as season three progresses, Aaron gets to really live out his preference of playing a character who is dark and going through it. The situations that Mike gets himself into, both undercover-wise and with his oxy-addiction, are just beyond dangerous. I could spend this time recapping episode by episode of season 3, and as much as I want to, I don't want it to be a total spoiler if there are listeners out there who have not yet seen the season. So I'm really going to try my best to stick to the highlights of the season, specifically as they relate to Aaron and his character Mike. Keyword there being, try. The biggest obstacle Mike faces in season three is by far his addiction. It affects his decision making. For example, at one of his checkups, he asks his doctor to refill his oxy prescription just so he has it on hand. But the doctor tells him that if he refills it, Mike can't go back to duty, which he really wants to do. So Mike says, never mind, but by this point, he's addicted. So once his supply runs out, he steals Oxy from Charlie's supply that she's confiscated and was holding in a safe in the house. When Charlie realizes that this Oxy was stolen, the house knows that there's only one person who could have taken it. So they wait for Mike to return and they have an intervention to try to help him. As you can imagine, Mike doesn't take it well. And after he storms away, 
Charlie follows him to his room, and they have one of the most emotional scenes I've personally ever watched in a show. Here's the audio from it. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? You going to run? You going to go be a friggin' junkie on the street? Mike, look at me. Look at me. You're strong. You never let anything beat you, Mike. What are you doing? This isn't you. This isn't what you want. <laughs> Charlie, it hurts so bad. <laughs> it was like my insides were ripping out. And I just, I needed to get back to work. I needed to stay upright, and so I kept taking the meds. And I don't know what happened or when, but it was like a, a switch flipped. Yeah. It's like I've been living inside somebody else's body. I, every pill I take, I think, is going to be the last one. But it's just the last one and the last one and the last yeah. one. And I'm just so sorry. It's okay, baby. Even after this encounter with Charlie, Mike is still not ready to accept that he needs help. So he continues on the case that he's on, and he gets himself captured by these two meth addicts. And he ends up having to call, quote, Odin Rossi, a.k.a. Briggs, to come rescue him. That moment of capture, though, was Mike's tipping point. Despite the intervention, despite the talk with Charlie, Mike had to come to the decision on his own about needing help. That moment of capture was it. That night he went to Briggs to ask for help to kick this addiction, and this kicks off the portion of season three that was the most emotionally heart-wrenching as a viewer, and the point of the season where Aaron's acting skills truly leveled up. Handcuffed to the bed, Aaron acts through a montage as his character Mikey detoxes. The agents of the house take turns sitting with him and talking with him to help him through. And as Mike goes through detox, he has the sweats. He vomits, panics, screams at his housemates, begs to be let out of the cuffs. This scene can be triggering to watch. When the montage scene ends, it picks up with Johnny coming in to check on Mike and finding him in an almost unconscious state and running an extremely high fever. The agents band together to get Mike into the bathtub and into an ice bath where Briggs dunks him underwater repeatedly. While being dunked under, Mike is in the realm again, where he sees the red birds, the clock reading 1010. From the realm, he feels himself start to come back to life, and he emerges from being underwater. Mike looks around at his housemates and says, quote, you're the ugliest group of angels I've ever seen. When they realize he's okay, Briggs says to him with a sigh of relief, quote, back from the dead, twice. A picture of the tub scene is actually one of the first photos that Aaron shared when he got his Instagram. Aaron's acting throughout the entire detox episode is absolutely phenomenal. Like as a viewer, you really feel that he, what he's feeling and just wanna do everything in your power to help him and pull him through. But after his detox, we see Mikey come back. He cleans himself up, gets himself out into some fresh air for a run, and he goes to Briggs' room to thank him for his help 
and he overhears Briggs sharing a license plate number to track. Is Briggs up to his old tricks again? Mike's about to find out. Without continuing to give even more away, once he's clean and out of his addiction, Mike realizes that Briggs has had an agenda all along, and he's used Mike as part of it. Briggs created a case that included the red birds and numbers from Mike's alternate universe. He sent Mike on a wild goose chase of different cases and events, so all along he, Briggs, could keep his agenda to take down Ari, the international arms dealer. When Mike figures everything out, he calls Briggs a magician, who he has discovered the wires for. He asks Briggs why he used him in such a way. Why did he prey on his weaknesses? And Briggs matter-of-factly told Mike that he was the linchpin to the whole operation. This ultimately leads Mike to punching Briggs in the face, which honestly, after the three seasons of situations Briggs has mustered up, I think he deserved it. While I've shared a lot of season three, I've also left so much out, specifically related to the cases that the other agents were involved in. But I really wanted to focus this episode on Mike and what he goes through and how he comes out of the dark hole that he spiraled into starting back in season two. The way that season three ended, it does not feel finished. The agents were more divided than they've ever been. Trust is just shattered. Jake's has left the house completely. The show ends with each of the agents deep in their own thoughts in the living room. We as viewers are missing the closure. The series was canceled before we could get it. However, it's a known fact that a Graceland short exists. Aaron and Brandon J. McLaren, who played Jake's, wrote it together, pre-pandemic. They had it pick up a few years later for the agents. There were plans to film it, but then the pandemic happened and shooting just had to get pushed to the back burner. But that doesn't change the fact that the script exists. So Graceland fans can hold out that glimmer of hope that maybe one day we'll get to see our agents back together again. Thank you so much for listening today and for your support of this podcast. I hope you enjoyed going down the Graceland road as much as I have over these last three weeks. Now, while we wait for the short to be released, we can rewatch our favorite agents on Hulu or through our own purchase seasons. As always, if you're looking for more Aaron content, you can follow my Instagram at Tivating underscore patiently and TikTok at Tivating patiently, no underscore. Hope to see you all back here for episode 17.